You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is entitled Good News for a Weeping World and is part one of two. This is Easter, and I really believe that we need a little bit of an Easter message, don't you? This is a special day, and I will try to keep it very short, but I do want to uh, do just a little bit of an Easter message. I would like for you to turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I think I'm going to come down here, right over here. As you're going there... I want you to just, in your mind, imagine, sort of, have you ever did that, you you, you sort of went into an imaginary world, you kind of got caught up in in a world that isn't real, that's what I want you to do. Now, now we are in this imaginary world, okay, we got our mindset on it. Now I want to ask you a question. In the quietness of the hour, can you hear weeping? Do you hear that weeping? Do you hear that weeping that is coming from all over this world? Weeping in Iraq, weeping in Ireland, weeping in China, weeping in Russia, Weeping in Canada, weeping all over, all around us. Now imagine for a moment that we were able to hear what was going on in the prisons. I know that you would hear weeping. Imagine the nursing homes and the, and the different homes that are around us weeping. People are weeping. We live in a sorrowful world. Can you hear the crying that is going on inside of our personal lives of the people that are here right now? There's crying that cannot be heard, but it's happening in our lives right here in this room. People are hurting. People are weeping because of this pain and this hurt and this affliction that comes upon us in our daily lives. Many times we don't hear it because it's silent. Many times we try to cover it up because it makes us look weak weak if we are caught weeping. Yet all of us at one time or another have either wept a little bit or we have wept a lot. And I just want to say this. Jonathan mentioned this in his prayer. 
on Wednesday night. Boy, I hope Lori doesn't feel bad about this. But I, I saw Lori, I heard something happen while I had my eyes closed and I was praying. And I, and I couldn't help but just do a little bit of a peek. And I saw that Lori went down on her knees, down on the ground with her face. And she was sobbing. She was weeping. And she was hungry, I think, for God. And, I, and afterwards, I, she prayed and she just, she just poured out her heart to God. And even later, she said, Joe, I don't know why I was crying. I just felt like crying. I just, and you know, sometimes we just can't explain it. We just want to weep. But it's a way that God has given us. It's a gift from God. Those tears relieve us of what's on the inside. Praise God for that gift. It's a God-given means to express our inner feelings. Why do people weep? Why do we weep? There's many reasons why we weep. It has to do with, with sadness. Just this week I had a, I, I, well not just this week, but for the past months I've been dealing with a young man, 18 years old, and an older lady who is married and has several children. They're both related and their relative went to prison for life. And they said, why did that happen? We can't understand it. We're trying to make sense of it. And the, the young man said, I, it got to me so much that I just couldn't see, I just couldn't help myself that my uncle went to prison forever. Or for the rest of his life he will be in prison. And he's just 34 years old and he shouldn't be there. And it's just so sad to me. And it just got to me. And I just can't take it. It's just too much for me. And I can't sleep. And I want to take my own life. Because it's just not right that my uncle is in prison. And he's suffering. And his aunt, on the other hand, says, I went to bed and I couldn't sleep. And I woke up and I, I was feeling miserable. And I just wanted to know, Lord, why did my brother have to go to prison. Why? What? He's such a wonderful person. He just messed up one time out of, out of anger and he killed somebody and now for the rest of his life he's in prison and they were, they were sad. And sometimes we weep because we lost loved ones. And I have to tell you really quick that I had a cousin that I grew up with. I lived on this side of the road and Leander lived on this side of the road. And we were together all the time. We were best friends. We went to school together. We walked to school a mile and a half every day to school and home. And we became best of friends. And, and we were always together. And this went all the way through until I turned 18. And one day I was out in the field and I was working away. And somebody came running. It was Leander's sister came running across the field where I was working in. And she was just hysterical. She was beyond herself. And she was screaming from a long ways off. And, and it was like in the middle of the forenoon. And she said, Leander is dead. Leander died. And I was like, no. Not Leander. Yeah, he drowned to death. And I, and I, I, I just, sorry about that. 
he said, he said, or she said, you have to come right away. And I was in the middle of the field and I had my horses to the, not the combine, but the, what do you call that? The, the grain binder. And, and I just left him in the middle of the field and I went running as fast as I could. And I went back there and there's this big pond and I looked in there and there was nothing. There was not even a ripple. There was nothing going on. I said, Leander can't be in there. And I, and I looked over, and his clothes were laying on the side. And I said, you know, Leander was our best swimmer. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you one bit. He was our best swimmer. We went swimming every day. And we went swimming way into the fall when it, was in, um, when it was cold in the water. I said, Leander cannot be dead in that water. It, I, it just can't be. It can't be. And we waited and waited. And Leander didn't come out of the woods. And, and nobody else uh, knew where he was at. And a couple divers came in. And they dove under the water. I remembered this as if it was just yesterday. They dove under the water and they were out there for a half hour. They'd go under and they'd come up. They'd go under and they'd come up. And I just knew Leander wasn't there. But then all of a sudden, we, we saw this one diver come up and he nodded his head. And I can tell you that my world fell apart. I, I was not myself. And for the next day or so I walked around I was not myself they drug his body out they, we couldn't even see him they put him in a plastic bag but see the loss of a loved one can cause us to weep and then there's fear sometimes we're just uh, we're fearful people and, and we know that perfect faith cast us out Fear, but it's not always easy to hold on to that fear. Frustration. Do you ever get frustrated in life? Just downright frustrated to the point where you just want to weep? How many people weep out of loneliness? Do you ever weep because you're lonely? You're just so lonely. Did you know that uh, college students are the most lonely age group alive today? College students. The most lonely people, and then it, and then it's on uh, some more people uh, like uh, the people in nursing homes, even housewives, and so forth. We're sometimes we're lonely people, and it makes us weep. Now, go to John chapter twenty because I want to see. I want you to see what I saw here. Jesus had just been put in the tomb and he'd been there for three days and the first person to meet Jesus was a weeping woman John chapter 20 look at verse 1 we're going to read 1 through 11 the first day of the week comes Mary Magdalene early when it was dark unto the sepulcher and seest the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and she cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved. And he said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple, and they came to the sepulcher. 
So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and he came first to the sepulcher, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I like to stop right there just for a moment. Jesus had just been resurrected from the dead, and either him or somebody had actually taken this one napkin that had covered him, and he folded it together, and he put it aside in a nice little pile. And Peter noticed that right away. Verse number 8. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary, this Mary of Magdalena, stood without at the sepulcher. And what was she doing? She was weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the sepulcher. Now Mary's weeping was understandable, right? Mary's weeping was understandable for a number of reasons. Because Christ had done so much for her. If you go to Luke chapter 8, you will see that, that when Mary Magdalene had first met Jesus, she, had, she was possessed with demons. Matter of fact, it was on this day that Jesus drove seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary had always uh, been around this, and, and I can't imagine the torment that she was going through, her spirit, her mind, and her body being tormented by these demons. And then she came to Jesus, and Jesus freed her from that, cast them out of her. And Jesus took on a new meaning with Mary. We can also read that Mary contributed to the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, she believed so much in the ministry that Jesus and the disciples had that she, she followed Jesus and she gave them finances to help finance their ministry. She was there when they crucified Jesus, when they took Jesus and they put that thorn of crowns on his face and when they spit on him and they cursed at him and said, if you're the son of God, tell us who hit you. They blindfolded him and then said that. She was there and she saw all of that. Jesus was her master and he meant the world to her. And Mary, and, and Mary Magdalene was there when they buried him. She, she, the Bible says that she followed and she was there, right there, where they put Jesus' body into the sepulcher. And some believe that Mary was even there the whole night. On, on, on Friday night, she stayed there. And she stayed there all night because she just wanted to be close to the body of Jesus. Can you imagine the thoughts that must have gone to her as she was standing there, probably by herself because all of the disciples had left and, and it doesn't tell us that anybody else was around. She was all by herself, lonely in the cemetery all night long. But she had such a love for Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.